listening to Remote Office.fm, the story behind co-working and the future of work, episode 48. I'm your host, Lima Hayati. We're so lucky to have head of PR and media communication, Work Nomads. Work Nomads is insurance company which specializes on travel lifestyle, travel as a way of living. And before that, he was executive producer of 2GB Radio and reporter as well. Now, let's listen our conversation with Phil Sylvester. Hi, Phil. Welcome to Remote Office. I'm happy to have you in the show. I mean, you had outstanding broadcast career from reporter journalism, then move into executive producer at 2GB Radio, then suddenly you move into travel industry with World Nomads and become uh, head of PR and media yeah. communication. It was an offer I couldn't refuse. I actually had um, a couple of friends working here and I'd done a couple of things helping them out with uh, some video production. And then um, about eight years ago, they said, um, we need somebody to come on board and start creating some travel safety content from us. So uh, that's where that started. And then, um, you know, eventually a few months ago, we decided about time we started a podcast as well. So we got onto that too. (laughs) Why Why you suddenly started podcasts well it was just making room for it really but i mean uh world nomads um has a pretty extensive content marketing um program which started way back in the beginning when the when the company uh, first started about 15 20 years ago i mean the only social um you know microblogging site around at the time was myspace so the brand actually predates iPhones, it predates Facebook and all of that. So it used to be when you were a traveller, if you signed up and took out World Nomads Travel Insurance, you also got what we were calling a journal, which was basically a travel blog. Yeah. So thousands and thousands of people, we've got tens of thousands of people who still use them, but it was a micro-blogging site. So people were able to tell their stories about their travel and communicate back to family and friends back home. So from that, I mean you know, anybody who's into uh, content marketing will understand these thousands and thousands of microblogs are absolutely stuffed with great travel keywords. Actually, so, I uh, heard about what nomads, it's from Nomadic Map. Oh, right. Okay. Well, he's one of, well, you know, speaking of, um, you know, remote work, he's one of our, um, one of our great affiliates. I mean, um, um, he's big. I mean, everybody knows how big uh, Nomadic Matt is, but we have, over 5,000 affiliate partners and many of them are sort of, you know, single person or two people travel blogs and they are digital nomads. They're working location independent and uh, they help, uh, you know, they can monetize their blog by recommending World Nomads Travel Insurance. So they get a partner code and every time somebody clicks on that link, that's drops a cookie on it, 30 days later, if somebody comes back to World Nomads and buys a travel insurance policy, they get 10% of the face value. So Nomadic Matt makes quite a lot of money out of us, but so do, you know, Lonely Planet. There's quite a lot of people. It's good, you know, like scratch your back, we'll scratch our back stuff. It's a really good way of doing it. So you want to be uh, the National Geographic of, yeah, radio? Yeah. No, we want, to be, we want to be something a little bit different. I mean, because of the, um, you know, my radio background, the co-host, Kim, she's also from a radio background as well. So, um, uh, you know, what we've done is I've listened to listen, a lot of podcasts that are a single interview and it goes for like 45 minutes. And I think 
sometimes people don't have 45 minutes or an hour to invest. And, um, I mean, if somebody's listening to this one right now and they don't like me, <laughs> they don't <laughs> like what I'm saying, they're going to turn me off. But so like what Sarah. we do with yeah. <laughs> so what we do with our podcast is try to you know move it around a bit and keep it to as close as we can to under forty minutes and have three or four different things during it. So try and keep people more interested. Whether that works or not, I don't know. We we'll find out. How long is it already? Uh, one year. Uh, well, we actually only started in October, so we're only half of a, a oh, year through. Almost, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So we're still trying to find ways of uh, letting people know about the podcast. I mean, it's quite well known within our own um, community. World Nomads get to hear about it through the Nomad newsletter and um, uh, and other assets that we have as well. But it's like, and I'm, I'm sure you know what it's like as well, um, you know, trying to break out of that and let people outside of that sort of area know what's, what's happening and that you actually exist. It's very difficult, isn't it? Did you find any challenges when you moved from the broadcast industry into travel industry? When then you create podcasts, the content? Yeah. Well, the thing is, um, yeah, I had to, I had to learn a new industry. I had to. World Nomads, it's travel lifestyle brand, but we. We, everything that we do, all those travel scholarships that we provide, all the travel safety content that we publish, all of the adventure stories that we do, all the films we make and the podcast, everything that we do is funded through the sale of travel insurance policy. So when I was brought on to start writing about, you know, how to stay safe when you travel, Um, I had to understand travel insurance and I had to understand, you know, legal compliance and all those things. So, yeah, that, that was a big challenge. So, you know, I, I don't know when it was I was at school that I needed to know some of the arcane knowledge about travel insurance that I do, but I do now. I've got a brain full of, <laughs> brain full of stuff about if you're covered or not. So, yeah. <laughs> So what makes World Nomads different, unique than the rest of the insurance, like yeah, travel the, insurance? Yeah, well, it's because we're part of the travel community. We're all, I mean, it's a very big thing if you um, uh, apply for a job here. We want to make sure that you, you know, the old cultural fit stuff, but we want to make sure you're a traveler as well because, um, you know, one of our mission statements is that we're a community of like-minded travelers and we, we emphasize you know, adventure travel and um, independent travel rather than, um, you know, your mum and dad sort of kind of travel. So we're all um, very dedicated to those experiences. And we end up, we've got like six main sort of pillars of the brand. And these are things which anybody who's working remotely to fund their travel will understand. But we believe that, you know, the, the real essence of travel is being able to co uh, to connect with local communities when you travel and through them, you know, either learn a new skill or find some sort of experience out of your normal every day. And then the idea of having experienced that, you should be able to tell that story and share it with people. But also importantly, that you need to stay safe while you're doing that and then give back to the community that you've been a part of as well. So, I mean, that, that is the overarching, you know, philosophy of World Nomads as a travel insurance 
lifestyle brand, but there's a travel insurance product. Try getting that from another travel insurance product. Mostly it's like, give us your money and we hope never to hear from you again. And if you do, if we do hear from you, it's because you're in trouble and we're going to try and find some way of getting out of it. So, you know, we're, we're different from insurance companies in that way. Yep, we fund everything through travel insurance policy sales, but we are committed to travel as a lifestyle, travel as a way of living. How about if we had situation like suddenly we got ripped off when we first landed into new country then or we got car accident? Well, that was the thing. When we started, um, because we're, you know, like-minded travelers as well, we go, well, what is the, what is it that, you know, a, an independent traveler wants out of travel insurance? What are the, you know, their specific needs? And we had a look at the products that were available at the time and they didn't really suit. So what we actually did was we went out to uh, some of the larger underwriters around the world and we went, build as a travel insurance product that we can sell that actually fulfills the needs of independent and adventure travelers. So that means we were able to build an insurance product that covers over 150 adventure activities. We were amongst the first in the world to be able to, you know, cover you for the zip lining or bungee jumping. And these things are um, automatically covered or the, you know, within the tiers of insurance that you can get, they, they can get covered. And the other thing that we decided was very important was um, sometimes you've already uh, departed and you've gone, oh, I've got to get my travel insurance. And before we came on the market, you couldn't get travel insurance after you left your home country. You had to be back in your home country to do it. So we developed the product that said, well, you can buy when you've already left, which means if you go away for, you know, a month, two months, three months, fall in love with the travel lifestyle and you want to stay away longer, yeah. you, can extend, you can extend your insurance coverage whilst you're on the road. You don't have to go back home to do it. So that's, that's why we're a bit different to those guys as well. We, you know, it's absolutely traveler focused so one uh one package for entire journey or how, how is it monthly yearly pay uh, as you uh, travel well we've got two packages we've got a standard and we've got an explorer so um a lot of people listening may be used to especially americans may be used to travel insurance being the premium being calculated as a percentage of the value of your trip. Um, but Europeans will be more familiar with the way that we do it, which is we set a maximum benefit that you could get for a particular incident and adjust the premium that way. So it doesn't matter if you're going on a $20,000 trip or a $200,000 value trip, the premium for your travel insurance will be the same. And it's, you know, at an affordable level. And it covers most things that you're going to be doing uh, as an independent traveller. So we got those two products with slightly different levels of uh, uh, benefit available. Um, but we also, but it's not one, it's, sadly, it's not one uh, insurance policy fits all. Because we're a global company, we actually have a um, policies to cover the world from six different underwriters. So what's available on a policy, a World Nomads policy to an American resident is slightly different to what's available for a European or a British or an Australian oh. resident. So they are, which is why, you know, it's pretty hard when you say the challenge before about 
understanding insurance and what's covered, yeah, multiplied by six. So, <laughs> yeah, by the way, speaking of the partnership, how uh, how is it process to be your partner? Mostly, well, if you go, yeah, yeah if you go to partners dot dot com, all the information's there. But basically, you uh, apply. It's pretty simple. You will be given uh, an affiliate code, which you embed as a hyperlink uh, anytime you mention, you know, travel insurance or World Nomads. And as I said, that drops a 30-day cookie on somebody, and we know if they come to back to our site and purchase a policy within that time, um, you get the affiliate. So it's pretty simple, and of course, it then depends on your own blog, on your own website, how. You know, you, the more money you make is from that is dependent on how prominent you make that in the site. If you bury mention of travel insurance and travelling safely at the back end of your business and you don't promote it at all, you're not going to make a lot of money. But if you, like we do, say, look, part of travelling is staying safe while there and having a backup plan if something does go wrong, which is why you need travel insurance. If you put that a bit higher up in your, you know, in your user journey, you'll make more money out of it. How about from traveler uh, benefit? Yeah, well, like you I say, it, like I uh, similar like airline miles. You know, when you procure the insurance for about one year, you got one ticket from yeah, the well, mail. Yeah, you, you can uh, you can uh, tell us how many days you're going to travel. Uh, so you only pay the premium for the exact number of days that you're travelling, um, up to you know 365 days, and then if you're still travelling at the end of that, you can extend it for as long as you want up to that. The so you know obviously the longer you travel, the higher the premium will be. So uh, you know, but uh, it's still uh, you know stays quite afford- affordable. As far as benefits go, I mean, um, it's. It's difficult to give you one number because we do have six different underwriters, but basically um, all of the policies provide sufficient um, benefit if you make a claim for, and this is the most expensive thing that will ever happen to you. If you become very ill whilst you're overseas and you are, you know, critically injured and you're in intensive care in a hospital for you know, a couple of weeks, the bills will mount up. And then when you're, you know, fit enough, well enough to fly back home, um, you know, it can cost as much as $100,000 to evacuate somebody back to their home country. So um, we've had cases, um, I'm trying to think, uh, 2017, I think our most expensive uh, claims that we paid were in the region of like 300,000 US dollars, something like that. We had about we had a handful of those that were as expensive as that. But we, in the past, we have had million dollar claims. How's it the claim process? Yeah, no, it's not difficult. You can claim online, and especially if you're traveling for a long time, you can lodge your claim whilst you're still traveling. You don't have to wait till you get home. So you can get that money back. Um, you know, as soon as practical, and use that to keep on traveling. It's a pretty simple process, but there is documentation that's needed. So if you've had something stolen, then we're going to need a police report and you need to have uh, gotten that police report as soon as possible, preferably within 24 hours. And we'll also need some sort of proof that you actually owned the thing that's been stolen in the first place. Now, that may mean you still have the receipt from when you bought it or 
you have the original box or whatever. And, yeah, who has all that stuff when they're travelling? Nobody. So, you know, we need... Yeah, that's right. So this is where it gets difficult, all right, So, which is why, you know, one of the pieces of advice we have on the site is before you begin your travels, take a photograph of your important valuables, uh, preferably with, you know, that day's newspaper and keep that in an online account in the cloud somewhere. So you can go, well, look, I took this photograph six months ago and there's my laptop. That's the one that's now missing. And write down the serial numbers of things that you buy. And even if you're buying things while you're travelling, take a photograph, take a photograph of the receipt, write down the serial number. Well, look very, very favourably on that sort of stuff as proof that you actually own it. And we're not being mean, we're not sort of trying to get out of it, but, of course, you know, fraud is a, is a big problem. People go, yeah. oh, you know, my, my phone got stolen. And it's like, yeah, we'll prove it, you know. If you can prove it was stolen, we'll pay the money. But if you can't prove it and we pay the money, then everybody's premiums go up and, you know, all travellers have to pay for you getting a new phone. So that's why we're doing it. We're trying to cut out, cut, cut out fraud. So you had an incredible experience from broadcast news. What do you think the future of travel might be? Are we moved into digital or correlated with the sharing economy? Yeah, um, I really do. Um, I mean, I, the old days, the old couch surfing uh, was about the only option around and then Airbnb appeared. I think, see, one of the biggest challenges that we've always faced is from the early days um, was um, global roaming fees on uh, mobile on cell phones. And there's so much that you can do if you are connected uh, in the travel sphere but then people were like, oh, I don't, want to, you know, I don't want to do that because I'm going to get hit with global roaming fees. We're starting to see them disappear. There's no reason why they exist, by the way. They're just a, you know, a confection of the, of the telcos. But if we could get rid of, uh, or, or soon when global roaming fees disappear, then travel will be, you will have that device in your hand whilst you travel like you do when you're at home and you know how much everybody relies on the on their devices these days for information and for connecting with people and for verifying facts and for getting inspiration. So all of those things will become easier and easier in the future. So what's the next dream that you want to accomplish with what nomads in five to ten years? Oh well we're pretty open about it. It's world domination. <laughs> <laughs> like your name, World Nomads. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we, you know, like we just, we, we want to be the world's most loved adventure travel brand. How's that? We want, you know, for the independent adventure traveller, we want everybody to recognise and know and love World Nomads. There's a, um, there's a statement that uh, our general manager uh, often says and it's, um, you can't live and die an apple. You can't live and die a red bull, but you can live and die as a world nomad. <laughs> Very incredible. Yeah, it's a good. What? It's a good. <laughs> By the way, uh, do you, do you have any advice from people that you want to move from broadcasting into? Yeah. Look, I think. Yeah. Look. Um, one of the reasons that we got into podcasting was um, that it had 
it had sort of uh, was on the cusp of, you know, it's a great disruptive technology. Um, as much, and I'm sure it's the same in lots and lots of markets everywhere, but television, like, you know, linear television, broadcast television, a bit like, um, you know, mainstream newspapers are dying a very slow death because people have access to multiple sources of information because of the, you know, digital media age that we have. And yet radio is staying strong. Broadcast radio uh, figures have not suffered in the same way that broadcast television figures have. But then when you have a look at something like podcasting, which is basically just radio on demand, yeah, yeah. I think it's, 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 it's one of the big, you know, vinyl media disruptors that's coming out. And it's so easy to do as well. I mean, um, um, I mean, we've invested a little bit because one of my criteria was that we needed um, a professional sound quality. So, you know, we've actually invested a little bit of money in getting a mixing disc and good microphones. But it was only, um, oh, what would it have been in US dollars? It would have been you know, three and a half, maybe $4,000 US to set it up and to make it sound like it's an NPR program or, a, you know, a BBC oh. program. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to know the latest updates from World Nomads, you can check out their website, worldnomads.com, or you could also follow them on Twitter at World Nomads. Likewise, you can also follow us at Remote Office. Go stay tuned for the next episode with Freedom Express.